Hey guys, do you have a second for a quick chit chat before we get into character? Of course, Sir Nate the Brave. Chit chatting with our hero is something we always have time for. Yeah, Sir Nate the Brave. Chit chatting with you is a soothing balm for the world's weary soul. Well said, Brent. Thank you, Catherine. That's nice, guys, but I am feeling very foolish today. Don't say that. You are not foolish. You are a very clever young man. You won smartest guy at the Genius Awards this year. Could a fool do that? Well, that's true. But the intro I wrote last week was all wrong. That being said, I realize now where I went wrong, and I've totally rewritten the intro. This week, it's going to be perfect. So let's start the show. You are listening to the North American Friends Movie Club. A show where we talk about films. Movies. And the cinema. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, Kate? Sure thing. I'm Kate, and I knew she was trouble when she walked in the room. Six feet tall, with long blonde hair and legs from here to Missouri City. Dames like that don't usually walk into my office. She said her name was Missy St. Housecoat, but I knew that was a lie. Spotting fibs is the first thing they teach you in Gumshoe Academy. She said she needed my help. Her husband had gone missing and she needed someone to track him down. I don't usually go in for domestic cases, but when she dropped a stack of Franklin's on my desk, I suddenly remembered my long overdue rent. I needed bread, baby, and Missy had enough to buy a bakery. If only I had trusted my gut. Speaking of six feet tall blondes with legs from here to Missouri City, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, Brent? I'm Brent, and I'd like to use my time to talk about how proud I am of my kids. <laughs> Just kidding. I'd like to use my time to call out Razor Ramon. I saw what you did to my boy Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania, and I have just one thing to say to you. Your bill has come due, and it's time to pay the mailman. You, me, and a steel cage at SummerSlam. Come rain, or sleet, or snow, I'm walking out of there with the Intercontinental Championship, sending you into an early grave. First class guaranteed delivery. So get your hair gel and your toothpick ready, because I'm about to show you that a letter isn't the only thing I know how to stamp. Also, there's no subtle way to work this into the promo, but I want everyone listening to know that my finishing move is called the damage parcel, and it's just me jumping up the top rope and landing with two feet right at my opponent's crotch. And I'm Nate. Let's start the show. This is what it sounds like when we're doing a podcast. We're currently doing one. This is the North American Friends Movie Club. Uh, Right there in the title, before movie club comes friends. So, friends, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. That's how I'm doing. I'm happy to be here. Lay it on us, sister. No, I just woke up. I just woke up wrong, you know? And uh, do you think that's the Garfield syndrome? Because every Monday we record this podcast, you say that sometimes that you just woke up not yourself and that's Garfield. It is. Yeah. I've always really related to Garfield. It was one of my favorite cartoons as a kid. Why don't you try having a nap in the afternoon like Garfield? Oh, I do. Yeah. No, normally. Yeah. Today was just. I don't know. Just kind of snuck up on me. But I'm doing good. And I worked and, you know, you just kind of chug along. Tomorrow will be a good day. And today is a good day right now because I'm with my two friends. You should have lasagna for lunch. I Oh, I would love lasagna for lunch. But like get, get fresh made, not the five day old stuff that you get into. No, I would I would take frozen lasagna reheated in the correct way. I could do that. No, like homemade lasagna, like make a lasagna. Yeah, Brett, we know you have all the time in the world to cook. <laughs> you have you can make time to you can make time to make a lasagna. I could. You're right. Nate, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. I agree with you. I think Mondays are very difficult because the weekends are so so sweet. Especially it's been summertime here and all I want to do is have fun all the time. Yes, and we've decided to um 
record on Monday nights. So you guys are always getting the worst of us, maybe. Speak for yourselves. I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't mind that it's Monday. <laughs> well, how are you doing? Yeah. Me? Yeah. yeah. I was very anxious last night. (laughs) I don't know. I was like, I was sitting here and I was super anxious and I don't know what it was. I think it was because I didn't watch the movie yet. Mm. I was like, okay, I got to do that tomorrow. But what if something happens tomorrow? And then I'm like, but no, I don't know. I was super anxious last night. I get super anxious on it. I never get anxious. And there I was a ball of anxiety i couldn't sleep mm. and i could tell i was flopping around because the dogs were pissed and other than that um i do have news Ooh. i know what the news is i think i could guess the news i think you do too do we have, is it dog news is it doggy dna the dna results are in oh <gasps> get the maury music name i was just thinking that Catherine. <laughs> Now, mind you, I'm already I'm going into the results with the mind frame that we have a Chihuahua dash hound um, on our hands. Yes, and I accepted that, and I was fine. So we open up the the results, and who boy, there is not a sniff of Chihuahua in this dog. <laughs> Wasn't what was advertised and what we bought. No, he is a Boston Terrier, predominant like forty five percent. And then 32% pug, like 7% uh, French bulldog, and uh, 12% super mutt, they call it. And it has American Pitbull, Maltese, Alapsa, Apso. Well, if you've got a Boston Terrier, my sister has two of them. And I've never met cooler dogs. Like, and they're real smart and snuggly. He's not smart. <laughs> he's, he's not. He's dumb as hell. But that's fine. Um he is, however, very affectionate. And we did look up how long they lived, like 15 years. Yeah. Like, we're going to have this dog when we're, we're retired. That's awesome. That's cool. No. <laughs> I think you got to get it in and out between the 9 and 11 year range. That's a commitment. It's like getting a big fucking oh, leatherback turtle, basically. <laughs> like, I'm looking at this thing in the next 15 years of my life. I'm going to be 56 years old when this thing is, like, getting ready to die. You're going to have grandkids that meet that dog. Probably not. You never know. Anyway, I thought that was good. Dog results are in. Not what I thought he was. Twice. I got I got duped twice. So we, we let the breeder know that, hey, what you're selling, not because we wanted to cause a conflict or we want our money back or anything like that. We just were contacted. Hey, something, you know, you got some ink in the water there, bud. You know, something's going on. There's a terrier running amok. I mean... You know what you were doing. <laughs> right, right, exactly. No, yeah. No, swear. We were, we were, didn't want any of it. And um, they didn't care. They're like, oh, okay. Like, oh, okay cool. <laughs> cool. It's like I would go to Wendy's and I went, hey, I want a spicy chicken. And they slide me a Whopper. And I called them like, hey, something's messed up. You might got the wrong order. Or there's a chef playing a trick. And they're like, yeah, okay, cool. No, it's not what you said it was. <laughs> okay. I'm done. Uh, Well, this month's movie is the audience choice. And we put out a poll on Twitter and the number one vote getter was who framed Roger Rabbit. So, Kate. Oh, my gosh. What happens in this movie? Who framed Roger Rabbit is a film noir about a detective who is hired to discover why people don't like Roger the Rabbit. (laughs) But the plot is that someone died um, and they framed him. And uh, there are tunes which are, I I can't do it. I can't do this one. I'm just like. (laughs) Let's pick her up. Let's pick her up. This this one, I, I feel like we got this one. It's. There are tunes. <laughs> Roger Rabbit is a famous movie star in a world where cartoons are real and they film them like they would film a movie. Yes. And then there's a private detective who's hired by the studio that that 
pays Roger Rabbit and the the studio head wants the private detective to take pictures of Roger Rabbit's wife. Yes. To prove that she's having an affair. They're playing patty cake. <laughs> yeah, is that, I, I, I got questions about that. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> and then the private detective takes the pictures and the man in the pictures turns up dead the next day. Bingo. Roger Rabbit gets blamed for the murder. And then Roger Rabbit goes to the private detective and he's like, you got to help me. I need your help, buddy. <laughs> and uh, the movie is about trying to figure out who exactly framed Roger Rabbit. And it's who you think it is. Did you guys ever see the movie District 9? Yes. yes. That's basically what it is. <laughs> okay. I'd like, I'd like you to say more about that particular statement, please. There's two worlds, basically. There's the, the humans and the prawns, like the aliens. The aliens are the toons. Yeah, the prawns, and they're, out, they're in their own little area. That's Toontown. District 9 is Toontown. And they're, quote-unquote, like, coexist, but we all know who the bosses are. Mm. And behind the scenes, the human bad guy wants to get rid of the prawns. Mm-hmm. So, I know there's lots of movie podcasts out there, but I know we're the only movie podcast that has said that Who Framed Roger Rabbit is basically a 1988 version of District 9 by Peter Jackson. You're definitely the first person who's ever said that. Probably the last person to ever say it, too. That's a very interesting take. That's good. That's why, that's why we're here. I'm glad to be here for that. Let's chat a little bit about our favorite parts of this sh- this movie. So Baby Herman is a very disgusting character to me, and I did not like that person. Literally have the same thing written down. Uh, Kate, this is why we're in a podcast together. I changed the wording up a bit. I have Baby Herman very unsettling. So much violence. That is what I got from the tunes. It's just horribly violent all the time, and that's what fucking cartoons were forever and still are. It's also like, it's not just violent, it's like menacingly violent in this way that like i never clocked when i was younger but watching it the again as an adult especially in that first cartoon portion with uh the baby like climbing up on the counter near the knives and stuff it's like it's not just that it's like oh it's dangerous the baby could fall it's like there's every violent utensil and then the the one moment that really like fucked with me was when the baby's crawling across the sink full of dishes and it just like stumbles a bit and dips its face into the water and it's like oh it's it, it'll drown. They're making this baby could easily drown in the sink joke. And I'm like, that's so fucking dark. It's crazy how dark that is, but it's so funny. Can't babies swim? No. No, they can't. No. And it's they just, float right to the top like a bobber. No, and especially the, the way that it's just only the face dips in. It's just being like, eh, eh. I can <laughs> like, do it. Oh my god. That scene I wrote down, having kids is hard. Absolutely. <laughs> that's what it's like to be a parent. And people that are, are expecting parents, that's what it's gonna be like. It's literally you have to keep that thing alive all day, every day. I also was thinking so at the end of that scene, he gets uh rab Fred Rab Roger, the rabbit, gets hit with a plunger, and it made me think about how many plungers were in cartoons and how i always thought the plungers would be a bigger deal like as an adult you know what i mean well you're, that's we're talking modern plumbing now i mean back in the day the i imagine the toilet paper wasn't as good yeah i think you're right oh my god that's a good point brent i know we are fucking clipping along today <laughs> district nine modern plumbing oh i should we should just end the show right yeah. now <laughs> good night folks good night Kate. Kate. <laughs> <laughs> uh i wrote down Toon killed his brother. That's one of the funniest like reasons to be mad yes. I've ever heard in my life. Like, <laughs> and how serious Bob Hoskins is like, yeah, Toon killed my brother. We're supposed to be hiding. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? You're the only person in the theater that isn't laughing. Is there nothing that can permeate your impervious puss? Hey, Eddie! 
Boy, nothing. What could have possibly happened to you to turn you into such a sourpuss? You want to know? I'll tell you. A toon killed my brother. A toon? No. That's right. A toon. We were investigating a robbery at the First National Bank of Toontown. Back in those days, me and Teddy liked working in Toontown. Thought it was a lot of laughs. Anyway, this guy got away with a zillion simoleons. We trailed into a little dive down on Yoxa Street. Went in. Only he got the drop on us. Literally. Dropped the piano on us from 15 stories. Broke my arm. Teddy never made it. I never did find out who that guy was. All I remember was him standing over me laughing with those burning red eyes. Oh, my God. And he is drinking. Nick said it the first time you see him. He's like, is he drinking wild turkey? Yes, he is. And he does it the entire fucking movie. This man, I haven't seen a more alcoholic person on TV. Like, that. he was drinking all the time. Like, But you can never tell, though. Oh, he holds his liquor well. Yeah. That, in real life, he would not be looking like that. You don't. No harm, no foul. He's completely functional, but he is truly an alcoholic. He needs help. And it's actually kind of nice. He does have a moment later in the movie where we see, ah, he's given up the drink. He had, he found a good woman. He found a good woman to love him. And then he didn't need to drink anymore. But he already had that woman. He didn't realize it though. That's the thing. If he's going to be, if he's going to remain friends with Roger Rabbit, he's going to be back drinking. (laughs) No shit. Roger Rabbit's like Mr. Bean. No, no. I definitely wrote down that he could have been... One of the top contenders in April Fool's Month, if we had chosen this in April Fool, like he is quite the fucking fool. Absolutely. I No, I don't agree with the fool thing. I know I can name at least six people right now that are like Roger Rabbit (laughs) in real life that are just like, dude, you are a fucking embodiment of Roger Rabbit. Name one. Name one other person. No, I won't do it. I won't. I won't say it. I won't do that. But they have registered to me. I had just annoying. Oh. Like the whole time he's like trying to hide to save his life. He's, he went to him to get help and he's, he won't shut up for five seconds. He's an idiot. Yeah, he's he's I say it's because he's a fool like that shave and a haircut part when he just can't resist. Mm-hmm. I mean, what a fool. And he might. Uh, the Bob Hoskins was a suspender guy. Yep. That seems like an avenue that I could explore. <laughs> I bet you've already been a suspenders guy. I don't feel like belts do fit right. <laughs> and I feel like I would like the feeling of my pants oh my constantly God. being pulled up. Yes. This is it. You can't wear belts though, Brent. If you have wear suspenders, you can't wear a belt. I will say when I was working jobs that included bending over a lot during the day, I started wearing suspenders so that I wouldn't flash my ass crack all over town. Genius. When you don't I, I got no shelf. On which the belt to rest. You got a good old fashioned white boy ass, real flat. <laughs> yeah, I got to use my shoulders. <laughs> All right, but I got a big ass. Well, then you you can wear a belt. <laughs> no, I don't like the way it feels. Mm. It feels like someone's holding me back. Yeah, I feel that. Me. I agree. I want to be lifted like a suspenders. Yeah, I'm gonna try. Do you guys wear your so? It just it became in fashion, but now I just do it because I like how it feels. But I like wear everything on my natural waist. You know how like people wear their clothes below their bellies? Well, I don't mama can't do that. And also it doesn't feel good. But I think men maybe do that more than women. Like you wear your belt real low. I'll never pull my pants up to my true waist ever. <laughs> never once in my what, life. What are we saying? What do we mean by true waist? It's like, What's this business? It's like the pants go over the love handles. That's what she's talking about. Oh, I would love that. Well, you can wear pants like that. And that's where you put no. your belt. No, I can't. No. My torso's way too small to start with. There'd be like four inches between my belt buckle and my nipples. <laughs> that's how high. That's, that's how, how high. <laughs> 
We would look like Bob Hoskins in this, in this movie. It's not happening for me. No, my natural weight. Yeah, exactly. I know exactly what you're saying. My natural waist is very close to my natural chin. So. <laughs> yeah. So there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of play, yeah. you know? Yeah. I'm going down as low as it goes. We're not all friggin' built like that. Sorry. That's why I've become a Splendor guy. Do you guys know what I really liked about this movie is that it had kids smoking in it, and I thought, man, those were the days. Hell yeah, hitching a ride, and then, but that kid was a little saucy though, don't you think? Hey, Mister, don't you got a car? No, I'm on the back of a train with you. That was a very like they were trying to make a comment about L.A. You know, they were they kept being like, oh. why would anybody ever drive in L.A.? And then now it's like L.A. is famous for all the traffic jams, right? Absolutely. So those guys in the 80s getting a little saucy about their traffic jams. Mm, interesting. Do you guys, this is what I thought about for a long time watching it. Everyone back in the old days was super annoying <laughs> and super mean. Also, this is like, also cartoons, Brent. So this is not a no, this historical think biography. Of every, think, no, but think of every movie that's in the back in the day. Picture of getting up in the morning and you have to slick your hair back. You have to put a shirt on. Mm-hmm pants suspenders socks dress shoes a tie a fashionable hat look presentable shave you walk out and then everyone's dressed the same like that and no one's nice and they're calling you old-timey shit like i don't know like a rattle cap <laughs> or an afternoon farmer or something like that a rattle cap you know that old-timey no. insult get over here you rattle cap <laughs> what are you like, some kind of afternoon farmer what are you an afternoon farmer that's a lazy person <laughs> And that would be annoying <laughs> shit you get. <laughs> oh, no, that's good. That's good. Did you make that up? No. Oh, okay. oh I was going to say, that was fucking brilliant. An afternoon farmer's a person, yeah, they wake up, they, they don't start tending the crops till the afternoon. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm an afternoon farmer for sure. But then you're all dressed up just to be called a piece of shit all day. Look, I agree. I'm glad we don't live in the 40s. I'm going to, I'll get on record saying that, that I, I wouldn't do well. Other than the getting to smoke wherever the fuck you want and drink wherever the fuck you want, everything else sounds, seems horrible. Oh, I'm not living my life. Uh-uh. I am a single woman. I can't live in the 40s. No. We have to look into the guy that drew Jessica Rabbit originally. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Why? That's I know what very you're specific. Yeah. <laughs> what do you how what do you mean? We have to look no one can draw something that horny at like I'm going to draw a funny rabbit. Now I'm going to draw Jessica Rabbit. I am with Brett. You got to keep an eye on that guy. Whoever was horny enough to draw her, you got to just be like, so yeah. what's going on, man? Are you sure? Yes, positive. Because if, if I'm a, a good friend, you know how you tell someone you have like pepper in your teeth? His friend just said, sat him down like, yeah, it's talented. What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably the horniest drawing that's ever been made. It, it, for sure. And something like mass released that's a very i mean i remember seeing her when i was a little girl and being like blushing like they i watched a behind the scenes on this movie and they were talking about her character design and they're like since cartoons have to have be impossible that's the point of cartoons and that's why they made her waist so small and i was sitting there like that tim robinson meme like you sure about that you sure about that? That's why? You sure it wasn't? Because after the thing that happened to me, no one could look at me without dying laughing? You sure about that? You sure about that's not why? <laughs> you sure about that? <laughs> <laughs> you know what he was doing? And this is now, this is, this is different. This is like back in the 80s where like if you watch an 80s movie, it's always like the tiny little blondes with like little bodies and that's what men are after this is different this is like she was on her toes did you see her feet the feet were horrific oh my god (laughs) she has a big chest she has a wagon back there for a 1980s person absolutely a wagon back there a wagon (laughs) for a 1988 person oh my god that's like Megan the Stallion. That's a classic silhouette, though, guys. This is not special to the 1980s. Like, no, that's what I'm saying. It's the opposite of what was in vogue. No, it's that's always been in vogue. Uh, That kind of silhouette, like, put different clothes on it, but that's been sold in catalogs for she just doesn't have any clothes on. 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they used they used the phrase "dangerous curves" yes. when describing her, and I thought, okay, I kind of like that. I and mean, if we're going that horny to draw her that way, here's what I didn't like: her hairline is horrendous. The hairline is wild. <laughs> it's truly wild. Like that is one thing that I didn't clock as a kid. That watching as an adult, I'm like, she got an egghead. What's going on here? <laughs> I've never thought someone needed bangs until this moment. <laughs> like when I was a kid, I was just looking at like yeah, you know, you got distracted. Her natural waist. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm like, I looked at her head. I'm like, her hair starts back in like her mid head. I see. It's so it's parted, and so it looks like it's very far back. Yes, she has a very 1930s aesthetic, like her pencil eyebrows and her gloves and And what's betty boop's deal oh i love betty boop i love and i like that scene because when bob hoskins is she's like but i still got it and he's like you do you i could tell he really did mean that he was like you do betty boop you do still got it i love betty you think he you think that bob really meant that she got it? yes bob hoskins has a good heart but do you think betty boop was like looking for a compliment like fishing because she knew that she couldn't oh yeah no she's look any woman who's in the same building as Jessica Rabbit is going to be feeling a little insecure. It's like if me and you were out, if me and you were hanging out with Chris Hemsworth, we'd start looking like, so do you like my new shoes? <laughs> no, this is where I take my inner Roger Rabbit out. This is I start making people try to make people laugh. Uh, so Gary K. Wolf uh, created Jessica Rabbit. His last name is Wolf? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, Gary, which is arguably one of the more horny first names for a man. You think Gary's a horny name? Every Gary is horny. 100%. (laughs) I I learned that today. I would never have known that. That Gary's a horny name? Yeah, I never knew Gary's were horny. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I'm like, Nate's? Yeah, they sound horny. Brent's? Sure. Gary? Okay, sure. No, Brent doesn't. Brent Brent sounds like... I sound like I work in a dentist's office and I'm not the dentist. sounds asexual, kind of. The yeah, name exactly. Brent. I sound like it, it translate to small hill is perfect. <laughs> That's what it means. Yeah. yeah. It's Irish for small hill. You know what my name means? It's hilarious too. It, what is it? <laughs> Catherine means pure. <laughs> wow. And my name in Hebrew means gift from God. So there's oh, a reason why I'm like God. this. God damn. <laughs> wow. God damn. Oh, sorry. Yeah, there's a reason I'm like this. I can't help it. Uh, well, I, I'm on a podcast with uh, the gift from God, this pure lady. And yeah, I'm and the small. small <laughs> That's a hobbit ass name. Hobbit ass <laughs> name. Oh, no. It's not a horny name. It's not. Um, the investigators, the weasels, I really enjoyed those. Oh, guys. I didn't I've, like those I've, guys. I've hated all. them since I was young. I, hate I don't them. like them. Really? Yeah. Snappy dressers? No, they do weasels bad because they have sharp teeth. And I don't think weasels are that. I think it's a racial stereotype or like an animal stereotype being perpetuated in the mm. media. Against weasels? Yep. And I don't think Brent is an ally because of it. Oh, anti-weasel rhetoric. Wow. <laughs> I, would, I, liked, I thought the weasels were good people. They were just being... The weasels are not good people. No, I know. I try. Listen, I'm just swinging at that whatever is being tossed my way, hoping to make contact. <laughs> <laughs> the we- I take it back. The weasels were bad, but I enjoyed the way they dressed and walked and talked. I feel like they're very effective because I've I hated them when I was young. I hate them now, and but that's their job. I'm supposed to hate them. They're the bad guys. When I saw uh, Donald and Daffy Duck, I thought. Uh, duck work because <laughs> they were doing something specific I was like that's duck work that's duck work <laughs> it's true it's <laughs> I, I, lo- I think that's actually one of the coolest scenes in the whole movie is that uh, cabaret bar scene yeah because they really go over the top with how much of the real world shit is interacting with the cartoons. Like the cartoons are slinging trays around that are real trays with real drinks on them. And the bartender is an octopus, but he's got using real bottles and the pianos are real. And it's all like just this weird puppet animatronic stuff that works so fucking well. And then I wrote down from that scene, which I thought was really funny is Bob Hoskin asks for scotch on the rocks and then the tune walks away and then he like 
yells after him. He's like, I mean ice. Mm. <laughs> It'd be so annoying to live with tombs. Yes. Constantly have to do that stuff. I thought that was like such a like subtle, but he, it's saying so much. He's like, he's lived with these damn tunes long enough to know they're going to put fucking rocks in his drink. Like that burlesque show, though, like that scene was. I know we have talked a lot about Jessica Rabbit, but it was so sexy. Like I went to a burlesque show for my birthday on February 7th this year, and it was not that. And it's mm. not a nearly as sexy. I don't know if people can be sexy like that in real life. I don't think they can. I think it's only in cartoons that we can get that. Go to that level of sexy. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> but I think everybody's sexy in their own way and they can make it work as I'm an ally. <laughs> I do have something to say, though. The scene with the cab, when the cab first got introduced, mm-hmm. and Bob Hoskins and Roger Rabbit are in the cab and he's Bob Hoskins is driving it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that scene is just as good as anything that James Cameron put out. I agree. That's not that's 1988 we're talking about, boys and girls. This movie is actually incredible from a technical perspective like it's not just a gimmick like you could it'd be very easy to look back on this and and just when you watch it as a kid it's like oh yeah it stands out because it has cartoons but watching it as an adult i'm like this is one of the greatest movies that's ever been made from a technical perspective it's just so good like how confusing would that be like Okay, you have to do this, but don't worry, there's going to be an octopus in the background when we do it, and there's going to be a pig walking by, and there's a horse that's going to be, like, you know, filing his teeth or something, Just and just go with that. You have to be actually really fucking good at being a mime. There's one scene I, I didn't like when he had the seltzer bottle, and he was going to hit um, Maroon with it. Mm. But he just swerved the seltzer bottle and then punched him. Why just hit him with the bottle? No, I liked him. You got sp- to spray that seltzer in Toontown. But then he's acting like a, a toon, the thing that he hates. Yeah, but that's maybe he hates him because he sees a little bit in himself. Because he used to be part of the circus. I don't know if you guys picked up yeah, on he that. he was a clown with his yeah. family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 1907. <laughs> so someone picked up on it. Did we just ruin part of the quiz? No, no. That was the one they did the pictures of him and his brother. They traveled with his father in 1907. Um, I really, I wrote in here, uh, tunes are really annoying. So that just cosigns. You and oh Brent, my God, I have exactly. You and Brent agree on that. I love the tunes. I wish I lived with them. Oh, oh no, my Nate, God. Are you yeah. kidding, Nate? Yeah, we'd have, uh, that's it's exactly my kind of fun. You are a man of God. because it takes someone a man of god to hang out with that amount of annoying picture having a headache nace and you're about to go to sleep and you're tired and you want to go to sleep and all of a sudden your drawer opens up and all your shirts start singing and falling out yeah and they're bouncing around you'd laugh for like two weeks and then you'd be like okay guys come on like come on it's late I wrote down when Roger runs through the blinds and leaves like a Roger sized oh imprint gosh. in the blinds. And I loved that glass. when I was a kid. I loved it when I was an adult. That's just a fucking great gag, man. It is a good gag. And we talked about the getting electrocuted last episode and you see the bones that happened in this yep. movie as well. Yeah, Bob Hoskins. I like that Jessica, to go back and talk about Jessica Rabbit again. <laughs> I like You're that. the horny one for Jessica. <laughs> Me and Nate have been no, on her best like behavior. This, but I thought it was funny that a cartoon, she was like, I have a headache. I don't want to not want to tonight. And I was like, oh, that's very sexual. And then they start playing patty cake. So I want to go back yeah. to that joke because it's yeah. funny. <laughs> <laughs> what is the deal with patty cake? And why did Roger get mad about because it? Because it's they can't have sex because they're cartoons. So they have pa- they play patty cake. No. Isn't that and that's what they what adults used to tell kids. Well, he's drinking wild turkey. What am I gonna tell him there? <laughs> It is wild because this movie is not for children in any way. Like they really push it on several uh, fronts. And I remember being really scared of it when I first watched it because of the ending when he gets smushed and like comes up all flat. I remember that being like truly horrifying as a child. Yeah, that was creepy for sure. For a little bit though, it it would feel so good. (laughs) Just to get squished. Yes. Yeah. Really stretch it out. Oh Oh, yeah. It feels so good. Uh, I got one more thing to say about Jessica rabbit. Um, Nick said that uh, she's ruined because she's voiced by Kathleen Turner. Oh, so she doesn't like that. Right. 
is Kathleen Turner evil or something? No, she just has a really deep voice. And he's like, that's the wrong, that's the wrong voice. Oh, Nick's couldn't agree with Nick more. No, Nick's wrong on this one. This is the first time and only time I will ever say Nick is wrong, but incorrect. Fully incorrect. So you two disagree. The voice was too, yeah. If you're walking around with that carcass and saying it, talking like that, I totally That's one of the most devastating combinations a Nate can encounter in the wild. <laughs> like bombshell with grabbly voice. Like, oh, I'm finished. That's that's finish him t- territory because I'm fucking done. I'm down as bad as you could be down. Man. Who would have thought that Brian comes out the least horny this episode? <laughs> Not me. Well, you are the Call ally. You are the ally. I, I'm just saying, color me surprised. Well, you're the you have an asexual name, Brent. At one point, you said she's like we all we know what you're like, Kate. Nate, you just yelled out, "Finish me." <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think he meant it sexually. I think he meant more metaphorically and like I meant like rip my skull out of my body and like hold my spine dangling. <laughs> it's because he wants her to fly across the screen. Rip his spine out, play it like a guitar, and throw it. Correct. Oh, okay. I see. I see. I wrote down that um, when I was young, I was into Jessica Rabbit, but now that I'm a man, I was into Dolores. Like, if you gave me like you can choose between Jessica Rabbit or Dolores, I'm like, me and Dolores are going to the seaside. See me and Dolores and Catalina. That's where we'll be. Dolores was the bartender. That's right? right. And then, yeah, Bob, like, pulled her down by the front of the he dress. Did. To, he did. I was like, wow. That was kind of something. Was a little uh, saucy. She was the uh, boss and Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Oh, if we should talk about Christopher Lloyd, Lloyd and how creepy he is. So and scary. Just, like, a very creepy villain. He does a good job. And he is, I also wanted to ask you guys if you noticed his makeup, which is how he makes him look creepy. And that was, like, shading. On his chin and things. Like Vinny from Spaceballs. Exactly. Exactly. And the 80s, 80s better contours. I also uh, saw in a behind the scenes documentary that uh, he didn't blink anytime he's on screen and that makes him extra creepy. And his glasses were just basically safety goggles. They had little side flaps on the side and yet black duster. Oh, black dusters. That's a. Oh, I would look so bad in a duster. So another interesting thing about that is that his to like suggest that he's a cartoon before we know anytime you see him, there's a little breeze blowing his jacket a tiny little bit because that's like cartoons are never still. They always their clothes are always moving. So nobody else's clothes are like that. But his jacket is always like slightly moving. I'm like, (laughs) They put so much fucking thought into this movie, man. Their budget is huge. Did you see how much budget they had? Yeah. Especially for the time. Huge. But why? You're just drawing everything. No, this took like... 50 million. Every single um, cell of animation, they drew like the... They had to draw the picture. Then they had to draw... Uh, a mat that was just the shadows and then a mat that was just the highlights and then like one other layer. So each drawing was actually four drawings to try and make it look real. And like, oh, it's so, it's actually so crazy because they would do things like the lighting that affects the characters in the scene. They would draw the same lighting on the cartoons. So like there's this one scene where they knock the overhead light and the light is swinging back and forth. And it's like, as it swings over to Roger Rabbit, he gets more bright and light. And as it swings away, there's more shadows on him and it makes it feel so fucking real. It's crazy. Actually, you're going to be okay. <laughs> it's crazy. Don't mock his passion. Yeah. Rude. No, but Rude. Yes, as he's talking about all this craziness and how cool and amazing they did the scene where Roger is handcuffed to Bob Hoskins and it pulls them across the room and they go underneath the bed. You can see the roller thing they got. (laughs) Give them a break. Give them a break. There's your 50 million. Should have spent 50 million and 50 cents. Give me the keys to that production. I could have it done for 12 million. To me, that that handcuff thing was the biggest laugh of the whole movie when he goes, Oh, still, will ya? Does this help? Yeah, thanks. Do you mean to tell me that you could have taken your hand out of that cuff at any time? No, not at any time. 
only when it was funny. <laughs> I'll just rapid fire the last few things on my list. I wrote down uh, melting the shoe was traumatic as a child. Oh, yeah. Yes, because it, it's so sweet and innocent. And do you know who does the voice of the shoe? Tell us. Why, it's Bart Simpson herself, Nancy Cartwright, in her one of her very first roles. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> the dip is kind of a badass name. Oh, yeah. Now you're getting the dip. I was very anxious while Jessica Rabbit and Roger Rabbit were tied together. Oh, it gets so close so many times. It's very uh, suspenseful. That stuff just makes the, the stuff disappear, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, and it's it's kind of funny because all the ingredients in the dip are things that are used to back in the day to actually erase animation cells. So another little detail. Kate was hoping it landed on Jessica's dress. <laughs> <laughs> She's getting dipped, Nick. Come here. <laughs> it's a, it's like you live with me, Brent. Yeah. <laughs> Fly on the wall. Well. Would you guys like to give this movie some Olympic medals? I have a quiz. <gasps> it's time for the quiz then. Um, in total, counting both feet, how many dots are on Roger Rabbit's feet? Dots? Mm-hmm. I'm going to need some multi-choices for that one. Three, four, five, or six. What's going first? I'm going to, I mean, it, it seems logical that they would be even, but logic doesn't work in the tune world. So I'm going five. Okay. I'm going three. Okay. Roger Rabbit has three dots <gasps> on each foot, bringing the total to six. Oh, oh. he's heating up. Brent. Damn it. Is heating he up. Is heating up. All right. What's this is what I, I didn't know. But what year did this film take place? I need multi-choices. All right. Your choices are 1945, 1947, Hip shake, boob in your face thing. No. Uh, what song did she sing? Oh. I do. No one's going to get the, no one's going to guess it. I'll be very surprised. Yeah, I'll need the multi choices on that one. Uh, your multiple choice answers are why don't you do it right? Need a little sugar in my bowl. <laughs> Put it in right or keep it out of there. <laughs> you made that it one makes up. My, nope. It makes my love come down. These are all real songs. Oh my goodness. I'm going to say A, whatever A was. A, I agree. Why don't, why don't you do it right? Yeah. Yes. Jessica Rabbit comes out and drives the man crazy with why don't you do it right? Yeah. But I like, uh, if you don't put it in, I'll take it out <laughs> or whatever it no, was. <laughs> put it in right here. Oh, okay. Keep it right there. Oh, even worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So dirty. Yeah, it's, no, she's it's direct. They're all female blue songs, by the way. Oh. Put it in right here, or keep it out there. Okay, okay. After the scene where Roger Rabbit saw the pictures of his wife playing patty cake with uh, Mr. Acme, he's broken. He's shook. He's a broken husk of a man or a rabbit. He's crying. He leaves. He's crying, and he sits down on a wooden crate. What's contained in those wooden crates? <gasps> I'm going to need them choices. Mouse traps, dynamite, doorknobs, or bear traps? The funniest would be bear traps or dynamite. I'm going to guess bear traps. I'm guessing doorknobs. He sat down, cried his little ro Roger Rabbit heart out on a box of bear traps. This is annihilated. Wow. Whoa! No! Yeah! Uh, Ties it up. The scene where uh, Judge Doom goes to the bar the very first time, looking for Roger. He stands in front of the lunch special board, 
Do we know what the special was? Yes, I do. But not the entree, the dessert. Oh, you dog. Dirty dog. Anybody can you guess dirty French dog. dip. Anybody can guess French dip. I have that locked down, ready to go. I even know how much it costs. Dollar twenty-five or something like that? <laughs> it was 50 cents. Quite the deal. I, I need my choices. Um, the choices are for the dessert that was on special the day the French dip are coconut cream pie, apple pie, blueberry pie, or pecan pie. I say A. Apple pie. The special that you could get with your French dip was a slice of apple pie. This is annihilated. Whoa! No! Nate's up by one with the last question coming up. Do or die, Kate. I'm here. We all know that Bob Hoskins' brother was killed by a fallen piano that was thrown by uh, Judge Doom. How many stories up did the piano fall from? Goodness. What a good question. I need choices. The piano fell from 12, 13, 14, or 15 stories. Well, I'm going to choose 13 because it's unlucky. But it is my lucky number. I'm going to guess 15. The piano was dropped and killed the brother from 15 stories high. This is annihilated. Whoa! No! Oh my my god. God. Oh my god. Nadie's back. What the heck? That was a great quiz, Brent. Thank you. I think it was... No? There was some collusion. (laughs) Oh, so annoying. I can't believe we got through that many episodes of Borderline of me saying that. What a terrible bit. (laughs) (laughs) Terrible bit. Uh, Well, do you guys want to collude to give these guys some Olympic medals? I do. Yes. Transition King. I gave my bronze medal to Christopher Lloyd in his incredibly terrifying performance. Originally, it was supposed to be Tim Curry in this role, but he was too horrifying. (laughs) That's too horrifying. (laughs) Are we still laughing or have we stopped? He was too good at it. I love Tim Curry. Me too. I'm a huge Tim Curry fan, but I thought Christopher Lloyd did a fucking fantastic job in this movie. So I have a question. Can I give all of my medals to Jessica Rabbit? (laughs) If you'd like to. Yeah. If if you'd like to, you can. (laughs) Simp. So I will, I, I I respect that reply and uh, I wear it as a badge of honor so that I, we can celebrate one of the sexiest cartoon characters that uh north america's ever seen sure they they really fumbled the bag though they could have made her gave her i know the voicing's an issue they they could have gave her a better voice and a better personality Mm -mm. incorrect maybe there would have been too much though maybe it would have been we would have probably died yeah uh my bronze goes to uh the the bartender what's her name Dolores. dolores I uh, thought she was kind of like, uh, I have no idea. I should look it up. Joanna Cassidy. Well, Joanna Cassidy, you did excellent play in that role. Um, she, it was weird because she was kind of like the brains behind the operation for the detective guy, Bob Hoskins. Mm-hmm. But then mm-hmm. like, you never saw her at the end. He just, she was never part of the plot after that. No, mm. they kind of forgot about her. Yeah, but you were. assume, you know, they're going to go on, they're going to go to Catalina together. Oh, yeah. But like she wasn't, I guess that was done on purpose because that's where he, he dumped out the wild turkey when he went into Toontown. And it was mm-hmm. just him and Toontown. He had to face his demons. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, she still, she gets bronze. I gave my silver to Charles Fleischer, who is Roger Rabbit. It's one of the most silliest voices I've ever heard. It is. And I read that he, was on set every day doing the voice and he made the costuming department make him a Roger Rabbit costume so that he could wear it while he was on the set. Oh my god. Wow. <laughs> wow. Is he Jeremy Strong? 
basically <laughs> yeah, like this, the, the only good method performance is roger rabbit absolutely <laughs> like it goes Heath Ledger as the joker jim carrey as uh andy kaufman and then this guy is roger rabbit yeah <laughs> yeah like these are the character actors daniel day lewis is like studying how this guy does it yeah. Yeah, i would love next time daniel day lewis wins an oscar and he just he says you know there's so many greats that come before me Roger, you know. <laughs> Roger. That's what I am. I'm, I'm going to give my silver medal to, uh, you might be surprised, not Jessica Rabbit, but to uh, another woman of excellence, and that is uh, Betty Boop. It's mm. silver, silver medal. And that was one of the original voices of Betty Boop doing her voice. Look at that. That's authenticity. That's right. I don't like the way she talks. I don't like that. It works for me. She's smooth. She's a smooth character, even though her voice is like that. Um, I already gave my silver, didn't I? No. No. Oh, Bob Hoskins then. Bobby Hoskins. He he looked like he was 48 in the movie and that he was 48 in real life. I like that. Yeah. Um, he does look, that's a 48 year old for sure. Yeah, I was like, I hope they're not trying to pass this guy off. I hope he's not like 32 in real life. And I looked it up and I did some quick math. It was like 48. Um, but like, <laughs> quick math. That's a humble brag. <laughs> I just did some quick math. We've seen it in action, Kate. We can't deny them. The first <laughs> the four math. episodes, you guys pumped my tires like I was Stephen Hawking. Like I was figuring out black holes. <laughs> this, this guy's this guy's fucking the human abacus over here. We've seen it live. I was adding together three numbers, dividing by three. You're like, oh, quantum <laughs> <laughs> physics no. over here. Um, Archimedes over here. <laughs> Like, yeah, so let's, let's, you know, you can't throw him into the bus now because you got access to a calculator all of a sudden. <laughs> he just, there was a lot going on and he was just, you never, he thought the tunes were really there. And I think that would be so annoying having the director yell at me all the time, like, no, you can't walk there. There's a, a singing hammer there. Yeah. It, this, <laughs> this, he's incredible in this movie. And I gave him my gold for that reason because if, this wouldn't work very well if they didn't have somebody who is as talented as Bob Hoskins was at pretending those cartoons were there. And he worked really hard on that. Uh, he, uh, like he, he, I saw him doing an interview about it saying that if you hold your hand in front of your face, your eyes do one thing, but then if you move the hand away, your eyes like automatically become wider. So he had to like teach himself to hallucinate that Roger Rabbit was sitting in front of him and like actually focus on Roger Rabbit. And oh, wow. It's so impressive. He's he, that's why I gave him my goal because he's just so fucking good at it. That's awesome. That's very impressive. Yeah, but you could just, you could just say that though. <laughs> yeah, he could. I mean, he could just say that, but I believe him. <laughs> I'm gonna give my gold medal to uh, Jessica Rabbit. Yeah, it's Jessica <laughs> Rabbit is gonna get a gold medal. <laughs> I find it. I found her portrayal of herself uh, very believable. <laughs> yeah, you like the part when Bob Hoskins stood up and his head hit her boobies. I liked all of the boob jokes. Yeah. And oh, Jessica, I like when she every time she walked, her boobs would bounce in her dress. And I was just kind of why am I why am I a teenage man? That's what Gary sounds like. I was kind of spending the whole Kate's, episode. Kate's alter ego, Gary, the horny guy. Just kind of hoping one fellow, just one. I just wanted to see one. That would have got me through the rest of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Who did you give your gold medal to, Brent? Oh, Christopher Lloyd. He was Ooh. like you said, Tim Curry would have been too terrifying. Christopher Lloyd is the perfect mix of scary and looks like a cartoon in real life. So he was, he just, he, I can't picture anybody that doing a better job of him. Yet the teeth, the glasses, the duster, the hat. It was a good performance. The voice, he was kind of doing like a bit of a German voice, but not really. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. This was a better movie than I, I don't know. I think I enjoyed it more than I anticipated I would. 
I thought I would enjoy it to the level that I enjoyed Spaceballs. Like I was like, oh yeah, I'll probably no. This movie like blew my fucking mind watching it as an adult. I'm like, this is probably one of the greatest movies ever made, literally. <laughs> like, yeah, like <gasps> I I said that thing about this is as good as anything that James Cameron did in Avatar as a joke, but seriously, it is. It's better. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if you told me I could watch all of James Cameron's movies or just this one movie, I would choose just this one movie. You guys, I'm reading. Did you read the Wikipedia page? I'm just now reading it. Did you read about the controversy? No. It says with the film's laser disc release. <laughs> I was yeah, telling Brent yeah, yeah. about this. I was telling Brent about this. Yeah. <laughs> Uncovered several scenes of antics from the animators that supposedly featured brief nudity of Jessica Rabbit. Mm-hmm. And the funniest, Where are those lost cells? the funniest, <laughs> just kidding. The funniest part of that is it says like later, I think on that quote that like the laser discs immediately sold out once rumors got out. <laughs> <laughs> and I said to Brad, I'm not surprised because if you wanted to see a naked cartoon in the eighties, you had to actually go to Japan. So, right. <laughs> see, they were way ahead of us. Yeah. Their quiet sophistication. Could you imagine like being like, the guy that drew that pitch, like drew that and then snuck it into the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a creep. Gary. Gary. Yeah. I drew underwear. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, there's no way you can say, Oh, it was an accident because you had to like d- design the underwear. <laughs> you and had draw to draw them, shade yeah. them. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Four frames had to go in and get set for that. <laughs> Make sure the lighting's good on like the crotch. Yeah, that's good. The crotch. Crotch. Um, you want to give this movie a rating? Sure. Let's rate it up. The script for this movie. Out of 10, what would you give the script for this movie? I felt like it was overly complicated to explain so i'm gonna give it an eight um too many weird old guys acme maroon and dr judge doom i give it a nine they could have got rid of one yeah i figured it out like the whole what was going on within the first 20 minutes i was like okay well we know what's going on Doctor Judge Thank Doom you. is the bad guy. So what we're going to do for the next oh, hour? You, minute. you were you weren't surprised that Judge Doom was the bad guy? <laughs> no, can't sneak them by me. I was on top of that. Uh, this is a ten, obviously a ten. I give it a ten, which gives it a nine overall. Uh, but yeah, the script is brilliant, genius, perfect. Uh, the music in this movie. What would you guys rate the music in this? Movie? Well, I've never seen a more sexy movie in it scene and so just for that song i'm gonna give it a nine um there wasn't a lot of songs in it that really made me think like the jessica song was good but there was a lot of like noises like cartoony (laughs) 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 yes exactly exactly and that was i guess doing the ooga sound (laughs) (laughs) there was a lot of that and I feel like that's what you had to have. You couldn't have Roger Rabbit with fucking Foreigner in the background. I think that's what you needed. So I'll give it an eight. Uh, the music in this movie is extraordinarily perfect. It's a 10, obviously a 10. <laughs> it uh, The score is when they're doing the noir stuff. It's like jazz, but then they'll work in all sorts of little uh, cartoon like i don't even know what you would call them but like ad libs like they're playing this jazz song and then you see the brooms from fantasia and it sort of plays the theme from fantasia inside the jazz it's just incredible amazing 10 so that gives it a nine (laughs) the art direction in this movie i'm gonna give it a 10 <laughs> we got one host who's super horned up over Jessica. The other host is a super horned up over the score. And Fantasia. And I'm calling it fucking District 9. Oh, okay, sorry. What's the next part? The art direction for this movie. Oh, 10. Yeah, it's 10. <laughs> it's so obviously 10. a 10. Couldn't be any better. They do all sorts of silly shit. 
the cartoons gun had bullets that were cartoons that talked to each other. I mean, come they on. Did. They were called the Dum Dums. And they went, I the, put that down. They went the le- they went left one. They should have went right. That was annoying. Yeah, they blew I it. I know. That's why they're called Dum Dums. Oh, that makes sense. As a, I have to get the official, f- official title for this. As a fantasy comedy mystery film. What would you rate this movie? I don't feel like it's a fantasy, so I feel like that's mischaracter. I don't believe that. that. How is this fantastical? When you leave leave work, you just swing by Toontown, do you? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Nick, uh, you got want to eat in Toontown tonight? Why do I always sound like a teenage man? (laughs) Kate, you're not the only one who's incredible at impressions on this podcast. (laughs) Apparently. (laughs) It's just different, yeah. I didn't want to be the horny gary guy so you're like nick uh let's go toontown and let's go to that and i think they have a good sushi spot you're like, nick let's go get some sushi nah. you guys know i'm from kansas city not kansas california. city california head down to the beach i love toontown i can't be my band toontown's cool it's patrick mahomes is so good at football <laughs> I'm gonna pay my pants. What do you mean it's not fantastical? I know. I I when I, it came out of my mouth, I realized I was wrong. So uh, I'll give it a ten. What was the category? It's a <laughs> fantasy comedy mystery. It had all that those concepts, so it's a ten. It's so obviously a oh, ten. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and the theme of this movie this month is animation. Yeah, well. Well, I think it's a 10. It has to obviously. be. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> you see the brooms from Fantasia up there with the saxophone? I know. You guys want to guess what I'm going to give it? That's a fucking 10, oh. baby. 10s across the board. Perfect movie. Okay. This, let's do some quick math here. I think this movie gets... A 48. I just want to double check. Our highest rated movie? Yeah, I think it is. Wow. Well, and interestingly, our two highest rated movies are the two audience choices so far. So fucking excellent track record for our audience picking good movies. That's cool. And now, speaking of our wonderful audience, I would like to read you guys some audience reviews. Oh, no. I'm nervous. Oh, I hope they don't make fun of me. I know. This review is from Elise Irene. Mm. And the title is Ah. Oh, no. Mm. I'm so happy that the North American Friends are podcasting again. I listen to the Borderline podcast and I still have the Penguinologist episode saved for occasional re listens. Thanks for <gasps> brightening my Mondays. Five stars. But guess what? I've got another review. What? This one is from Pete Lynch. (gasps) Do you guys know him? I know Pete Lynch. I know him well. Oh, well, we already like him then. A ton of fun, exclamation point. Loving this new podcast by Nate, Brent, and Kate. I've enjoyed their previous podcasts and their friendship and humor is top notch. At first, I thought I'd only be interested in episodes of this one if I'd seen the movie. But I tried somewhere I didn't, and it's just as fun. Just listening to these friends have fun together brings a smile to my face every time. Five stars. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Guess what? There's one more review to read. Can you believe it? No. This is from Finn Tuzler 2 Hello. The title is... Like listening to a cool glass of water on a hot summer day. (gasps) Listening to these North American friends record a podcast for their movie club is refreshing and fun. For Borderline fans especially, this podcast is time well spent five stars. (gasps) Folks, we're famous. We're a hit. Oh my god! The show's a hit. The people have (sighs) spoken. We are a five-star podcast. That's anybody that takes time to write stuff. Thank you very much. Honestly, makes my day. Yes. Not not 
kidding at all. Thank you to all of them and to anyone who's listening to this right now. The only thing we have left is for Kate to choose our next month's theme. I took this responsibility very seriously. You should. It's a it's a heavy responsibility. And I consulted with two of my closest advisors, my partner Nick and my mother Susan, and they came up with the idea for us and I uh, I'm 100% into it. June is a time of many weddings. And so our what it, what was what what is it called our theme theme oh my god I'm, it's been a long day <laughs> <laughs> our theme for the month of june is romantic comedies you know what it's about time it's about time we see some smooching <laughs> in these movies so what is our first movie going to be then when i think of romantic comedies i think of the two major ones which are uh Sleepless in Seattle or uh, what's the what's the other one? Uh, who's got mail? And I think you got mail. You've got mail. You got, <laughs> what I say? Who's got mail? You got mail. I've got mail. So well, which which one of those two would you like to watch? Um. I think Sleepless in Seattle is too sad, so I think that we should go for Who's Got Mail. <laughs> so so Who's Got Mail in the theme month of June is for kissing. June is for love, and uh, You've Got Mail. You do. All right, guys. Well, that's what we'll be watching next week, so the only thing left to do is say goodnight, Kate. Good night, Kate. Good night, Kate. I turn on my computer. I go online. Welcome. Welcome. And my breath catches in my chest until I hear three little words. What is going on with you? Is it infidelity if you're involved with someone on email? This woman is the most adorable creature I've ever been in contact with. Have you had sex? Of course not. I don't even know it. Mm, I mean cyber sex. No. Well, no, don't do it. The minute you do, they lose all respect for you. In a city where everyone's looking for someone, Joe and Kathleen have discovered the best way to meet someone <gasps> is to never meet at all. You just email. It's really nothing. I don't know his name or what he does. Look, 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 look. Or where he lives exactly. What? He couldn't possibly be the rooftop killer. What they don't realize. What is that? What are you doing? You're taking all the caviar? That caviar is a garnish. Is they already have. Just Joe Fox, I'm in the book business. I am in the book business. What should I have said? A man who has made my professional life in misery. Tell me something, really. How do you sleep at night? Fight. Fight to the death. In life, they're at odds. She's beautiful, but she's a pill. Online, they're in love. Do you think we should meet? Meet. Oh my God. I'm gonna say hello, I'm gonna have a cup of coffee, and then I'm gonna split. That's what I'm gonna do. Why am I even doing this? Why am I compelled to even meet her? Relax. You're just taking it to the next level. Huh. And I'm not gonna stay that long anyway. I already said that, didn't I? Yes, you did. No. He could be the next person to walk into the store. He could be. May I please come up? No, I don't really think that that is a good idea because I have a terrible cold. I have multiple copies of those cells. Got them signed by Kathleen Turner. Photographed. <laughs> <laughs> KT signed two of them.